It's in the news today, but it was actually on TV Reload, the podcast, last week. Welcome back, guys, to TV Reload. As you may know, my name is Benjamin Norris, and this is your podcast to get all the inside goss on the popular TV shows you may be watching from around the world. Undeniably, our TV sets are a major part of our home entertainment, and yet very little is known about how our favourite shows get made. So each episode, I've been finding guests that want to dive just that little bit deeper into the shows they're currently making so that you can hear all their exclusive stories and gain access to the biggest names in Australian television. I want to thank you for downloading or subscribing to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback, so make sure you leave a review or a comment on your chosen podcast platform. Today's episode, I'm joined by this week's eliminated queen from RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under Season 3. It's the fabulous Rita Menu. The New Zealand-born drag queen was serving spicy looks and curves for days. She loves to sing and dance and split and self-confessed she is a full-course meal, entree, main and dessert. Rita found herself in the bottom two three weeks in a row and sadly for her it was three strikes and you're out. I will find out more about the planned Snatch Game character and what Mr Bean might have looked like. We will talk pit crew challenges and if it's fair to have luck-based outcomes over Queen's creative abilities. Rita will discuss future seasons, who she thinks would be a good addition and if the season would work with an old Queen format. Plus, we will get plenty of exclusives from behind the scenes of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under Season 3, which is now available to watch on Stan Australia. Anyway, guys, let's bring Rita into the podcast. And guys, I hope you enjoy the special look at week four of RuPaul's Drag Race. Morning, Rita. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Benjamin? I am so excited about talking to you. Do you know, last night we went to go and get some Chinese food and both of us dropped the Rita menu joke at the same time. So... You're in, you're in the vernacular. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> How are you going post your elimination? But by the way, I also loved your Kylie runway look. I actually think it was one of the best. So just there you have that. I'll take that. Oh, no, I'm doing really good. I've enjoyed every second of it. And I feel like it's been very positive from the perspective of like the viewers. And I'm being in such like awe of everything. And I've enjoyed every single second and every moment. I love that. Uh, do you know what's so, such a shame is where you also are wearing an outfit that someone else has chosen to wear. But yeah. like we're at week four. Had you and Ashley not sort of compared notes and realized you had the same outfit and thought maybe you could try and rustle up something else? Like what happens in that situation? Well, I remember unpacking and seeing the same dress and we both looked at each other and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I did see it. hers was very on point with the runway where I wanted to do something a little bit different. So I felt like mine stood out a little bit more. And I think it was just as long as you can sell it on the runway, then that was the like I, I tried to embody the whole runway. I had like, you know, my hood, my glasses, the microphone, and I made sure I did that and served it. Yeah, I feel like any other week everyone would have been like, that's amazing. Cause you were, you look phenomenal. And you did get that really nice comment from Michelle as well. She sort of made a comment about some of the choices, which I thought was really nice as well. Does that make you like Michelle Visage a little bit more? A little, a little, a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) After that comment about the Shrek thing, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you know what? Of all the Kylie Minogue songs that they got you guys to lip sync to, I mean, I am a Kylie stan. You know, I'm a big fan and so is my partner. And I don't think we knew that song. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) I wanted Padam because, you know, out right now would have been a great opportunity to do that. Seriously, it was like it was like sitting in my face, the Padam song. I'm like, get away, get away. And I was like, it needed to be Padam or can't get you out of my head. I don't know. It seemed like a really strange song. 
It was very odd. Very odd. <laughs> you know, I was also going to ask you, what happens when you get eliminated? Is there a bit of a process that, you know, once you've been eliminated, you have to go through a few checkpoints or do you just find yourself somehow on the side of the New Zealand highway somewhere? Um, so you have to like film your your mirror message and then uh, do an exit interview. So I remember doing that. I felt like after the runway, you know, I was very emotional after the getting eliminated, but it wasn't more because I was upset that I'm going home. It was more upset because like, I'm proud of what I did. I'm proud of the journey that I was on and felt like everyone will be so proud of me once I come home. But yeah, after all that process, pretty much called my boyfriend and said, come pick me up, but let's go back to Hamilton. <laughs> what's what's your post-elimination uh, food that you go to? This sounds like a strange question to ask people, but it is always rather telling. What was your go-to meal after being eliminated well it was quite late and a lot of places weren't open so i had to just get mcdonald's on the way home (laughs) but it was a good mcdonald's (laughs) i can tell you that oh my god a friend of mine she's just separated from her husband and she hooked up with a guy for the first time on a like a dating app and she was like you know she didn't eat for three days knowing that she was going to hook up with this guy on the app and she said she went around she said the sex was terrible she said but the best thing that happened to me was the big mac she said she went into the mcdonald's and ate it in there she was like that's heaven. So I love that. I'm hoping <laughs> it's a Big Mac. It was. We got a Big Mac and a cheeseburger. That's my go-to meal. Yeah, that's, it's so good. That's my go-to meal. Anyway, people will be like, shut up, Ben. No one cares about what you order at McDonald's. <laughs> the Queen's, I was going to say, the Queen's feeling are feeling a little bit more relaxed by episode four. Do you reckon that's because you've all established who you are and the dynamic that you're kind of playing amongst each other? Or is it just that it's less noise because it's less people? I would say less noise because less people. It was definitely um, very boisterous at the start and a lot of people, a lot of big personalities. And then like slowly filtering through them, it did get a little bit more quiet and somewhat comfortable within the competition, but like not comfortable to the point because, you know, there's it's getting less and less people. Yeah. It kind of, the first episode to me reminded me of the very first time I went to Chinese New Year in the city, in the Melbourne CBD. And that's got nothing to do with the culture of it at all. It was just to do with the colour and the noise and the spectacle of the whole thing. And it did make us struggle a little bit to get to know everyone as much as we probably should have. It was a lot happening, for sure. I would have been there handing out ADHD medication to everyone. You you served so um you seemed a little reserved a little bit in this episode more so than some of the others and I didn't think you were going to get eliminated even though it was the third time lip syncing what had happened at that point for you what was going on in your mind throughout this episode I think I struggled the most because I only had two options for snatch game and Rue didn't like any of those two so then I was in my head trying to one pull to give her a character that I didn't bring. Three, I wasn't prepared for it whatsoever. I was prepared with the other two characters, but for this one, I was like, no. And I should have actually stuck to what I knew, not listened to RuPaul and, you know, just go for it, which I I was, you know, I think in that moment, I knew I was already in the bottom twice. And the only way for me to get out was to listen to the critiques. And yeah. I just really want to see the Mr. Bean and people, because the podcast, this is audio, so people can't watch a Mr. Bean because Mr. Bean doesn't talk, but I need to see it for myself and I'll grade it out of like maybe a five. Can you give me any kind of Mr. Bean? <laughs> It's hard because you know what I try and do. I I used to do a Mr. Bean impersonation and to do it, you have to really relax your mouth and not laugh. So anyway, (laughs) that's all I could say. And then I had like a little titty bear, like his titty. Amazing. (laughs) It was a choice. I'll say that. That's all I could say. 
Yeah, it was definitely a choice. I'm going to talk about Snatch Game in a minute, but I just wanted to say as well, you know, the pit crew challenge that you got, you know, it was really revealing and it's on brand because it's a bit sexy and we get to see them take off their underpants, you know. Uh, I'm assuming they take you out of the workroom one by one. So you all had to leave and come back in and do it. Yes. And then that challenge, it seems to me that it's really based on a luck challenge, not necessarily, you know, based on your creativity. How do you girls feel about at this point of the competition when you're so desperate to be there? having a luck challenge rather than what skill you can bring to the comp? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think, well, of course, it could have gone like any way for anyone to win it. So I would have loved to win a, somewhat of a challenge. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was a choice. It was definitely a choice. I mean, great. I mean, we got to see them take their underpants off and I'm here for that. But I just wonder, because I'm always thinking of the competition, like I'm thinking of you guys, I'm thinking of the people in the competition and I know what it's like when you're desperate to stay in something. And, you know, I always feel like it happens in MasterChef, you know, they'll be like, smell these smells or pick these colors on the wall that goes with the food. And it isn't necessarily about what they can cook. So it's sometimes it frustrates me. That's all. Yeah. Not for me. Anyway, about the snatch game, who do you think missed out on the snatch game did you think that there was someone that's left so far that might have been particularly good in that challenge oh i think ivory would have killed it if i'm being honest i believe she was doing like ali wong for her snatch game what she auditioned with and the little like peaks that i've seen her like post on like stories and that was hilarious and i felt like she would have killed it Okay, I'm going to look forward to that. Uh, that maybe we'll get that in, in years to come. You know, when everyone revealed their looks, their Snatch Game characters to RuPaul, a lot of them didn't seem that exciting. I Still, going back to Mr. Bean, I'm here for it. But I just think recognisable characters that people all know but probably don't know everything about is what works throughout the history of this competition. Like, it was smart yeah. to do Jesus Christ because everyone's going to know that, but then take it in some, you know, balls to the floor. What is it? Balls to the wall? Anyway, where, wherever the balls are, I kind of feel like that works better. What's going through people's mind when they're picking characters that no one's going to know? I think that kind of like coincides with what I was planning to do with like Kate Shepard. A lot of people didn't know Kate Shepard and one, she's dead. And so Jesus. I think, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I think for me, it was, I felt more comfortable choosing a character that not all people would know because you could play on that and make it a character. So I have a feeling like a lot of people did probably feel the same way for characters that weren't as known compared to some others. I know, but I still think that the smart move is to pick someone that everyone knows, but then just like what that character would do if that had absence or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you just make them do, you know, really bizarre shit. And then that makes people laugh, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would like, I think I was nervous if I was to do Mr. Bean because he is such a character himself and people know him. And if I don't do it right, then I would get read for that. No, I reckon I've so I saw a little bit of it before. It's good. It's gold, you know. And also this I actually think it's more of a physical comedy. You know, you might not be able to say as much like Michelle said, but there is a lot of, you know, Mr. Bean was hilarious because of what he did with his face gestures and, you know, you're very expressive. So I still think it's um anyway, I'm here for you, Rita Menu. Thank you. <laughs> Do you think people are going to be upset about Jesus Christ? I mean, it was so offensive and I think, you know, Ashley Madison did a great job. Do you think people are going to be offended or is that just proof that maybe the people who might be offended are watching the wrong show? Yeah, I don't think people should get offended by it. I believe we were talking about it because it was, you know, it's Christianity, it's a religion, it's really hard to play on that. But I think she did it 
in a really good way that kind of just, as you said, like literally took it to the highest peak it could go mm. and just made it like completely hilarious. Yeah. People who find it offensive, watch another show. You can watch Passions of the Christ. Actually, I've never seen that movie, so maybe that's culturally inappropriate. I don't know. <laughs> what did the experience of being able to stand with RuPaul and be on their show, what did that experience teach you? I saw every opportunity as a learning curve for me. So being one invited to RuPaul's Drag Race is a huge accomplishment, especially being so young and so new into the scene itself. Of course, we were nervous at the start, but then I felt like I kind of knew and found myself within that. So yeah, I take on every critique, compliment, and make sure I run with that and trial new things. And I learned that from RuPaul, Michelle, the other judges and my peers as well. So I found this as like the best experience I could have ever asked for. Felt like I laughed a longer than I expected as well. <laughs> so yeah, it's I loved every second of it. I really want to see all of the audition videos for everyone that gets in every season. Like I'm the sort of person that, you know, if I stay over at your house, I'd probably go through your underpants drawer. So that's just me. I want to know what people would do. Is there a thing in your contract that says you're not allowed to show your audition video or are you allowed to expose that at some point? I don't think there is because I have a feeling some of the other like American Queens have posted theirs on like YouTube. So I don't okay. think that is a clause in there. I know from friends that have gotten in on shows the tip that I've always been given by casting people is to use takes that are longer, where yep. you're on camera longer rather than a highly edited montage best of clip. What yep, did you as well? What did you do? It was very like raw edited. It was more just me in my living room and literally different points of the living room as well. Just kind of I didn't want to over edit it and make sure I showed my personality and me. So there was like hardly any cuts in between things. When it came to it, like I've shown all my like, Hamilton sisters, we've all watched each other's like audition tapes. And I found with mine specifically, it was very myself. And I did have someone like, you know, telling me I should say this. And I was like, no, this is not your audition tape. This is mine. I'm going to say what I want to say. And I think that's kind of where it got me and why it got me there is because I put my heart and soul into it and literally just gave me. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's really good advice. I think people will be listening to this because people do go back and listen to a lot of the podcast chats throughout the seasons to get tips on how to get in. And I feel like there's not enough information in there for them. I even had this year people say, you talked to the Queens last year, make sure this year you ask about audition tapes and you know what works. So I think that's really, that's really interesting to know. Is there a down under chat group from the first three seasons? Like, is there a underground down under chat group, I should say? And I was curious to know if you're all talking behind the scenes, is there like a miscongeniality of the three seasons? Like someone who really stands up and helps everyone and all keeps the community together? I think we've all got our individual group chats. We don't actually have okay. like one combined one, but like one person that definitely helped me from start to finish with this whole process, Akita. Akita Mina is just like the most sweetest person and wow. has given me the best opportunities outside of Drag Race and has been such a great help throughout the whole competition and was kind of my support person to go back to. And if I had any questions in regards to the little details, they were there within a heartbeat. So I love Kita for that. That's so good. I mean, it's so good when you've got that community behind the scenes and people are willing to help. You know, sure. with this season, it seems quite different. It feels like we've got some flavors happening. Like the first season to me is like 
a flavor of the ice cream. The second series was a flavor of the ice cream. The third one, again, something quite different. You know, if they do roll into a series four, what is your thoughts on having a season of older queens, like all of our classic Australian, New Zealand queens that have been around? You kind of bumpers and maybe Mini Coopers, no shade yep. to Mini Cooper and Mini Cooper's age, but like, do you think that would work? Do you think that the community of people that are watching Drag Race want to see older queens? Like, what is your thoughts on that? I think so. I think a lot of people would enjoy seeing that because, you know, they've paved the way for all of us to do what we want to do. So mm. um, it's time to kind of give them their spotlight and shine on TV if they wanted to do that. Um, so I think it, I think if there was a fourth season, go for it. There's amazing performers in New Zealand and Australia that, you know, we all look up to. Is there someone that you think should do the show? Are you, I mean, you're obviously surrounded by really talented drag queens, you know, throughout both Australia and New Zealand. Is there someone that you think that needs to be on the show that you think needs to audition next year? Uh, Yes. Um, I would probably say like Buckwheat or Testicles. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Amazing performers here in New Zealand. They've been doing it for a very long time and they still look flawless as ever. And they also say, you know, it's not, it was funny. I was talking to a few of the queens from last year and Queen Kong's a really good example, actually, of this. When you go on RuPaul's win or lose, it's what you do with your experience afterwards. Like this is just a jumping off point. What do you want to do with your RuPaul's experience? Like, where do you want to take this from here? Um, I really want to travel. Like I've only actually ever been to Australia and that's it. Um, So I really want to travel, meet all the lovely fans who sent me like amazing messages and just kind of as I've said in like my under, in other interviews, is like splitting my kitty throughout the whole world. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoy like all the love that I've been getting so far from everyone. And yeah, it's only up from here. Go and do one of the other seasons. Like go and do one of the, go and do one of the ones that no one from Australia has been in yet. Go and do like the American one or the English one or like, uh, or maybe the Malaysian one. one. <laughs> <laughs> the Philippines. <laughs> the Philippines. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I've had such a great time chatting with you. The last question um, I'm going to ask you is the same thing that everyone gets on the podcast. What is mm. something from behind the scenes, something that we might not necessarily see Maybe just a bit of a funny story of something that happened to you while you were making the third season. One thing I can like agree on, which I think other queens can, the food is like amazing. <laughs> what? The food for like when they give you like lunches and dinners when we're like after filming is the best. <laughs> you know what's so funny? And it sounds like I'm bringing up MasterChef a lot, but one of the people on MasterChef this year was like, the food is disgusting. Disgusting. They were like, the food in between. And so, hang on a sec, RuPaul's Drag Race, they're giving out good food and oh. MasterChef, bad food. I don't know. There's been lots of talk from previous episodes, previous seasons yeah. that the lunches weren't good. But, like, I was there eating everything. A lot of the Australians didn't like the food, but, you know, sorry about them. I loved everything. What are like, they giving you? What, what was the food? Just, like, really nice sandwiches. And you got, like, some pasta with one of them. And then another time you got, like, a nice risol. And it was so good. <laughs> Rita, thank you so much for your, for chatting and I loved you on the series this year. I think you've done thank a fantastic you. job and I look forward to being in your audience and seeing where you take it. Yes, for sure. I'll be in Australia actually next week. So, what are you, Where are you going in Australia? <laughs> um, I'm going to see my sister Gabriella. We're doing a viewing Friday and Saturday next week. In Sydney or Melbourne? Melbourne, but I will be going to Broken Hill as well which is up above Sydney somewhere um, uh, the second week of September. Well, I'm a Melbourne gay, so I will follow your Instagram and find out where you're going because I would love to watch you live. I think that sounds amazing. Thank you.